everyone, welcome to the Mass Construction Show. I'm your host, Joe Kelly, and this is a podcast about all things construction in Massachusetts and beyond. We are back with Mike Procopio. Typical short episodes on management, leadership, real estate, all the things we love to talk about. I enjoy hearing all the positive feedback about the episodes with Mike. People that might be kind of atypical listeners really enjoy Mike, so... Everything doesn't have to be for everybody, but I know that there's been real positive feedback that I'm hearing from folks about these short, impactful episodes. Today's show is brought to you by Central, commercial carpenters and supporters of our conversations. Enjoy the show. Michael, I think there'll be a little disagreement here. (laughs) Office is not and will not be dead. The opportunity to pick up trophy core office assets and best in market suburban office assets is real and the shops doing it will look like geniuses in 10 years historically i would agree with you when we had the housing crash i uh i don't do a ton of investing but early on i jumped into a fund silver bay who was buying up like Las, uh, in Las Vegas, in Phoenix, all these yep. s- subdivisions that were built and they just walked away from. It was a REIT that was buying up yep. single families like crazy. I was pissed because I got a nice little return on it, but they got bought by somebody else. So I just got paid for that. And I didn't, I wanted to stay with it for another. Yeah, because the return years, would have been made over 10 years. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so... Historically, uh, I tend to agree with your thought process. My question is, are these assets potentially malls or drive-in movie theaters? And maybe to some degree, office is going to change to a manner that, you know, maybe it's a repurpose, but from an office, suburban office park standpoint, that that maybe doesn't truly return? So, no, I, I, well, yeah, I mean, no, I disagree. So that's what I wanted to hear. I guess, I guess let's, let's break it into some buckets. So when I talk about what, what that post was, that post was very specific about suburban office. So I think there is a slightly different story about urban core office assets. So let's deal with that. Let's, let's mm-hmm. deal with the whole office. What's going on with office? So my view right now is that the shine is off work from home from a management corporate perspective. There is, there are very few CEOs, in my view, without an agenda, that don't want their people in the office. This is what we've seen from from any major. Everybody's bringing them back to the office, and they're pulling their hair out to get them back to the office because, for, for <clears throat> primarily for a few reasons, they want them back in the office. Number one, they've realized that culture it is. You are unable to sustain real culture across a widely dispersed team when the people are not rubbing shoulders every day. It's very, very challenging. This is very different for very small teams. But when you get above, I don't know, we'll pick an arbitrary number, 25 employees, 30 employees, it's very hard, and especially when you get up to 10,000 employees, it's very hard to maintain culture in a dispersed environment. You simply don't know what's going on with your colleagues or with your reports. Anybody in construction knows this because anybody with a construction company knows they have an office culture and a field culture. And it's very, very, very challenging to get the field 
teams integrated into the office culture. Why? Because they're not in the office. They're in the field. And not only they're in the field, they're in separate fields. So what you have is a little culture on job A and a little culture yep. on job B and a little culture on job C. And then the office culture is radically different. That's what's happening across all industries with the work from home. And that's why they're pulling them back. They can't maintain culture. They can't maintain efficiency. It's very, very challenging uh, when it comes to decision making. Uh, there was a couple of studies that came out that we looked at that perfectly mirrored our experience was that it was uh, decisions, decision, the decision process that was like a half an hour in the office of get a couple people together and make a decision was potentially up to a week long in the remote setting because of having to set meetings and consult with different people and get a meeting with this person and then a meeting with that person. Anyways, on and on. I'm not opposed to work from home. In my view, work is simply more efficient in the office with very, very few exceptions. Um, accounting being one of them, where they're probably pretty good to work from home and work independently, um, and somewhat less dependent on overall culture because there's a lot less mixing there. So if we, if we come to downtown core office, um, I think there will be some weakness there that's permanent. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see offices consolidate into the trophy class A new assets and the old assets uh, that are medium age, so call that the stuff that was built in the 80s and 70s and 60s, will have to be torn down. It can't be repurposed. Those office plates are not suitable for resi conversion mm -hmm. of any sort. They're Correct. just not. They, they don't work. The systems aren't, they're, they're not, it costs more than it would take to tear it down and build a new building. Yeah. And there's, an argument of, a, and there's an argument that do people want to live there, right? Do, do, yeah, it's do, an do, ugly 70s style right. and, office and, building. And even an if you could park. say, even if you could say, hey, we've got this building downtown, midtown Manhattan, you know, lower Manhattan, uh, and it used to be an office building, we're going to convert it to resi, and we're going to have 900 units in the office, in like the financial district. Like, I, I'm not even sure there's a demand for it there, right? Like, yeah. if people want to live in kind of a resi, they don't necessarily want to live there. So, I th and then if you go even older with office, like Boston's a great example of this, to, to an extent New York too, you've got a bunch of really old office buildings. So you look at some of the stuff in PO Square, those buildings are 100 years old. Those actually, I do think, can be repurposed. They're smaller plates, they're narrower mm -hmm. buildings, they're more unique designs. Yeah, they have some character. They've got character. Those are, I think, much more uh, uh, in line with being converted to either resi or hotel or you know, there's a lot of varieties of uses that those old buildings can be useful for. Mm. That's, that's downtown, that's the core. When you come out into the suburbs, I think you've seen a couple of shifts. Number one, people don't wanna commute into the downtown. So I Correct. think even among people, they're getting back into the mindset of, we're cool working from the office, but we're not cool driving two hours into downtown Boston or downtown New York to work in the office. Yeah. And you so look they want to be with people. And I can say this from experience, the number of people that we have picked off from Boston shops because they want to work closer to where they live in the suburbs is not insignificant. They want to come to the office. They just don't want to go to the office in the downtown. So my post was about, if you were use Boston, right? Mm -hmm. Or a Boston show. So if you use Boston and you look at 128 around Boston, forget downtown. Don't you think that now would be the time to be the buyer of the best office buildings in Burlington and the best office buildings in Bedford and the best office buildings in Waltham and the best office buildings in Peabody or Danvers, right? Think of the 128 belt. Now go out again. The best office buildings in Marlboro, 
grab 495. The best office building in Lowell or like whatever's right around Lowell, right? <clears throat> yep. That play. I'm not saying all of those office, but I'm saying the best because what's going to happen is I think as we've seen it with the lab, we've seen it with the lab movement. We saw labs move from Cambridge, Watertown, Waltham, Lexington, yeah. Waltham, yeah. and now they're now it's Chelmsford and Wilmington and up the 93 corridor and up the 495 corridor. Why? Because the people live out there. Mm -hmm. And the and the real estate's easier and it's it's cheaper and and why wouldn't you why would you fight into Cambridge every day when you don't have to? I think that same thing is happening with office. I think that if I was an office guy, which I am not, it's a different business. I would be out trying to pick off the best assets in those submarkets because that is where people are going to want to work and that is where companies are going to want to headquarter. The parking's easy. Right? My wife yep. used to work in downtown Boston. Her, I mean, this was 15 years ago. Her parking pass was $650 a month. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. 15 years ago. Mm. So, so, I mean, this is crazy. I, I, so I'm not making any claims about the downtown. Mm -hmm. I'm saying when you're out in the suburbs, office is not dead. I mean, I, and, and globally, I will stand by that statement even with the downtown, office is not dead. Mm. If we think that people are suddenly gonna stop working in offices and stop collaborating because they can get on a video screen with each other, it's, that's that's ridiculous because there are businesses that cannot function like that. And if you look, even look at like downtown San, like San Francisco's taking a bad rap because it's you know it's just the crime and the poverty and all the nonsense that's affecting you know San Francisco probably to the greatest extent, and then Seattle and Portland and L.A. and at New York to a slightly lesser extent, right? But if you look at San Francisco, there are buildings. There's multiple buildings now, three or four, that are not that old. Built in, built in this century, right? So mm -hmm. sub 20 year old buildings, some of them built in the 2010s, not that old, built for $600 million that are trading for 150 million today? Yeah. That's your... not a good investment? Uh, I, I, I don't know, that probably is a really good investment, right? Yeah, and, it... there's, and, there's, and there's a lot, there's a lot, uh, you know, my personal view is this madness that we are seeing with homelessness and with poverty and with rampant crime and like this whole like we don't prosecute criminal that is that to me is a blip on the radar because either we as society are going to understand that that is a radical problem that we have to solve mm -hmm. or or our society is going to collapse like the roman empire like it's only one of two things like it doesn't we don't have a successful society if we have lawlessness mm. so I'd like to think that society's not going to collapse, which backs me into eventually cooler heads will prevail and we'll understand how to bring law and order back into our cities. Well, that then restores much of what is good about San Francisco and downtown LA and downtown Seattle and downtown Portland and mm. downtown New York. And if that gets cleaned up, then why wouldn't people be comfortable living and working back in the cities? Yeah, if you get the people moving back and the it, we're closer to the sharing the same opinion uh, I, I think what's going to happen is just office is going to look different because i think there's going to be a fair amount of people that are going to be like your wife was like i'm i'm never going back in there or people that are going to say listen i don't ever want to work for a 5,000 person company anymore because I don't want to drive to work. I don't want to go to an office. I enjoy working the way I do now. I'm going to find yeah. a 20, 30 person company. And then, but that 20, 30 person company is not going to say, I need three floors of, no, yeah. of, of office space. So I think it's really going to, 
I think office is going to look different. Yeah, I, I think office will look a lot more like the building we're sitting in. So we're in a suburban building mm -hmm. in Middleton. Arguably, I mean, there's two two good class A buildings in, in, in Middleton, kind of Middleton-Danvers. This is one of them. Eight-story building. There's probably 40 tenants in this building. So it's not like five floors are had, but like it's not like downtown where a law mm -hmm. firm takes six floors of a tower. Yep. You know, the biggest lease in this building is 15,000 square feet. The next biggest lease is 12,000 square feet. The next biggest lease is 10,000 square feet. And then everyone else is like a couple thousand, two to 4,000 square feet yeah. due to whole building. Yep. It's all small businesses, it's small companies. I think this is what it looks like, but there's, it's still a building where they're investing into what we would say is traditional office, right? Mm -hmm. They're rebuilding a, a full cafeteria, full food service center downstairs, full grab and go, full fitness center, mm -hmm. full club space, full lounge space, full training facilities that everybody can use, right? All of the amenities that you want in an office building, you're getting, but we're out in the suburbs, there's tons of parking, it's free, and it's 10 minutes from everybody's house, 15 minutes from everybody's house on, you know, 95 instead of fighting through 93 in downtown Boston. I, I think I think you're going to see a shift in how offices are used. I do not think that office is like when I say office is not dead. I mean, I don't even think I think long term this is a blip in yeah, the office I, market. I yeah. do not think this is a structural change in the office. And I would have had a slightly different view 12 months ago. Because 12 months ago, what you, what you hadn't seen is you had people like me that were shooting their mouth off about, I'm bringing everybody back to the office and you work mm -hmm. for me, you work in the office and you know this is how we work and this is how we build culture. <clears throat> you, had, you had a lot of small people shooting their mouth off, like who cares, I have 50 people, like what, mm. what, who cares? What you've seen over the last 12 months is Amazon saying the same thing and JP Morgan saying the same thing and Morgan Stanley saying the same thing and UBS saying the same thing. Mm and Microsoft saying the same thing, and Oracle saying the same thing, and all of these groups. And yeah, you've got a few outliers out there that are kind of like hammering a stake in the ground that's like, we're still gonna be remote forever, remote till we die. Mm -hmm. You know, that may or may not be a successful strategy for them, but the, va the, the vast majority of the data with objectivity is now telling us that leaders want their teams back in the office, and frankly, most team members, while they want flexibility, and while yes. they want, they are not going to agree to as rigid of requirements as existed pre-pandemic. The vast majority of team members want to be back in the office. They want connectivity and they want yes. real meaningful human connections. And the number one source for most people, because most people today have very few genuine friends, I think the number one source for real meaningful human connections that most people have is their workplace. Work. They spend eight, nine, 10 hours a day with these people. Yep. They are, they are objectively, they are their closest friends. Whether they would count them that or not, mm. the data would tell me that they're their closest friends. They spend the most amount of time with them. They're the most open with them and they crave those connections still. And I just do not think you will see that in any meaningful way with remote moving forward. The bigger than Johnson's and Johnson's, whoever else is pushing people. I don't know if Johnson Johnson is, but it's a big corporation that is pushing people. No doubt, I, I don't disagree that they are. The question is, does someone want to go back to the eight to five in the office Monday through Friday? I think you ask the average person, and they don't. They want the flexibility. They want the ability to work when they work best. And I think you're right. I mean, there's, there's, I'm not saying it's completely one side of the spectrum or the other. I think it's going to be somewhere 
in the middle. I think office changes substantially what the amount of office space you need changes substantially. Yeah, that's probably probably true. You know, I think there are going to be some businesses that, that, like, uh, on-site, like, Carpenter can't can't not come to work in the morning, right? right. There's like certain businesses yeah. you need to be there. You're working the phones, but if it's if it's a if you're a uh, phone related person where you're answering customer service stuff, you don't need to commute to an office. Yeah, no. You know, I, and like, I think there's very narrow there's very narrow subsets of it, of team members that that mm-hmm. applies to though. I mean, that's a good one. Customer service, right? I mean, I, every time I call Delta Airlines, like. I hear the dog and the kids in the background. I know I'm talking to somebody sitting at their kitchen table. Like, yeah, no doubt. Like a hundred percent. Yeah, and to have them drive to some office park yeah. somewhere is, is to sit in a cube farm right? of cube farm of eight hundred people yeah. answering customer service calls. I get that a hundred percent. That's an efficiency thing. Yeah, and that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think all I guess I'm getting at, and you know, we're splitting hairs here, but do I think twenty percent of what was driving to work every day is now either decided that that doesn't make sense or they're like no i don't really like that i want to go work for a small company like it's me mike soraya and my wife i could get an office space yeah but mike doesn't want to drive into an office and i don't want to drive into an office either either we talk to each other but you're your own boss meet each other yeah but mike um mike yeah mike but, person, like yeah but you guys you guys the, 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 i think when you're small you have the ability to do what works for you. Yeah, well, you said I think it, there's like an the element. And there's under. an element when you get bigger. I again, to our, our converse, a previous conversation we had about feelings, where the needs of the whole and the needs of the, of, of, of the business outweigh the feelings. No, I, I'm in agreement with you. The bigger ones are going to force that and, and need that. But I, what I think is there's going to be the subset of people like, okay, this doesn't make sense for them to come to work anyway. Customer service, right. whatever. Yeah. Accounting. Yeah, I, I think Do that remote. No, no need to. Then there'll be another portion that just says, hey, now that I don't, now that I haven't been going to work, to work nine to five, Monday through Friday, driving, parking, going to lunch, doing all that stuff. I don't ever want to go back to that. Just a personal decision they make. And they're going to navigate towards smaller companies that aren't but going to. But they're going to have to take ownership of that. Yeah. yeah right. They're, they're, they're going to have to take ownership, right? So so when their business calls them back to the office and says, you have to report back to the office. Yeah, they're going to go to the, the office. Business. They have two choices. They, they don't, right? This isn't, I, I reject this notion that suddenly like this is a democracy, the, the business is a democracy. It's not a democracy, hmm. right? I get it. You got used to working at home. That works better for you. I love that for you. But this probably isn't the place for you. Right. That's what I'm so saying. So you either need to find a, a role that's a remote somewhere else, or you need to find a, you know, if, if it's the commute's the thing that bugs you and you're an hour and a half from the office, I totally understand that. I wouldn't drive an hour and a half either. Zero chance. I wouldn't do that. Yep. Right. But if that's the case, then you need to switch jobs, right? You got to own that decision. You can't just, you can't just say, well, my feelings are, oh, I, I don't want to come back to the office, so I'm not coming back to the office. Yes. Oh no, I'm not saying you keep working at Johnson and Johnson. I'm right. saying that it will, it will, adding up these little yes. slices is going to be a slice of people that just there say, will. yeah, I'm not going to go uh, back we're, to we're the, reci- we're the recipient right. of that. I have yeah. X number of people here that have, have made the conscious decision to leave larger firms, very active, larger firms, generally located in more urban area, or in a more urban area of the city mm-hmm. for pure lifestyle reasons. Yep. Yeah. And I just, Lifestyle, it, home life. Yep. 
everything. And I just think if you add up enough of those little subsections, there's an impact. Is a, there's going to be an impact. an impact? And I don't, I'm not saying it's whole hot like oh it's there's dead. I'm not saying it's dead, but I'm saying there's going to be a significant change there, in, yeah, there's, in, in in office, and I think that's that's going to affect some folks. Folks, yeah, I, I in, think that's in right. the long term. I think. That's um, right. What was the other thing I wanted to mention? Oh, I was going to ask you. So you you guys have no interest. You're going to just stay multifamily. No interest in looking at that. Um, I, certainly, there's interest. And we gave a we made a half-hearted attempt to buy the building we're in when it was on the market. It's a very different business, um, yep. and I think while it could be lucrative, jumping into it without really if I was going to go down that road, I would find some guys that have been office asset managers and, and knew what they were doing yeah. and, and could do that. I do think there's opportunity there. Mm -hmm. um, for us, I think right now we're still, you know, the supply and demand situation on the housing side is more attractive to us. I think hospitality is really attractive right now. The hotel mm -hmm. business is really attractive right now. Mm -hmm. um, I, I like the office space. But That's interesting. Can I ask why you think hospitality? Um, I think, uh, so from my, basic, basically from personal experience, I have never seen hotels fuller. I have never seen daily rates higher. I have never had more trouble getting rooms. I have never had more trouble extending stays. That tells me that they are generally operating a capacity across the board. Hmm. We were in New York. Uh, Brian and I were in New York uh, two, three weeks ago for a set of meetings, two nights. And I'm not talking like we stay at a variety of places down there. I went to the, I usually, I usually stay at the Renaissance in Midtown. And it's usually like 400 bucks, right? It was 1800 bucks a night. Oh. So then we start looking at other places. Spring Hill Suites in Midtown. So not like a suburban Spring Hill Suites, yeah. but still, like, I mean, this is not, it's, yeah. it's not the W, it's, it's not, not the Ritz, it's seasons. not the Four Seasons, yeah, like, yeah. period. Like, let's just set expectations here. Yep. 700 bucks a night. Wow. So, like, and business is business. Like, you gotta stay somewhere. So yeah. like, you, you make the, call, but, but like, that tells me, that tells me that there's, that, that whether, whether it's tourism, whether it's business travel, whatever it is that's back, mm. well-placed hospitality assets, specifically boutique ones, I think would have outsized performance. Interesting. Yeah. And the other, going back to the, um, the office thing, I look at, do you see what New York did where they're going to have the, um, basically the fluctuating prices when you're driving into the city, so yeah. you're getting charged. Yeah, so that's bad. that's a fascinating concept. It will do nothing. It's a bad um, move. And the reason, I, the reason I say it will do nothing is um, Mexico City has done that for years. My aunt and uncle used to live in Mexico City, and uh, not only was it fluctuating prices at times for things, it was also, you, you were forbidden. You had red and green license plates, and the green license plates could drive into the city on Mondays and Wednesdays, and the red license plates could drive in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Oh, and it, it did nothing. It was complete total gridlock all the time anyways. Wow. So to, to me, that kind of, I and mean, we're totally off topic, but yeah. that type of kind of government coming over the top with this like top down like here's how we're going to control the situation and we're going to you know mind control you all to do this with with finance that's ridiculous why don't we improve the infrastructure why don't we why don't we take like actual steps to improve the experience of someone getting into new york i go to new york all the time mm -hmm. and i've made the drive from laguardia to midtown so many times it's ridiculous it's a two-lane road most of the way you go through the tunnels the tunnel some of those tunnels are like Number one, they're all two lanes, but it's like, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous infrastructure. I, we notice this a lot because we're now in other markets. So we're spending a bunch of time in Florida 
and the Carolinas and Texas. And one of the things that if you spend time, I mean, these are these are not podunk places. If you mm-hmm. Florida, ha, Florida is rapidly becoming like the center. It's the Texas third, third most populous. State yeah, Texas, country, yeah. Texas. It, it, like, it, I don't think people fully understand the size of the Dallas Fort Worth metroplex. Dallas reminds me more of Los Angeles. And when you're flying over Los Angeles, you're in the landing pattern. I mean, you still are at almost an hour from the airport and you're mm-hmm. flying over. Like, it's just yeah. people everywhere. That's what Dallas feels like now, right? And But you look at their infrastructure and it's way ahead of what we have here. So you say, what's the difference? Well, I don't know. Planning, red when, tape, when logistics, when we built it. But it's way ahead of what we have here. You look, I was commenting to Brian, we're driving down the interstate in Raleigh, North Carolina. And you're driving on, say, a freeway the size of 128, right? Three lanes on each side. You drive down 128 and you go under a bridge. There's three lanes on each side and the bridge abutments are right there on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. You drive under on that three-lane highway in Raleigh, the bridge abutments are like 100 yards to each side of the freeway. They could add eight lanes if they wanted to. Completely scalable. Mm -hmm. Everything is scalable. Same thing in Texas. You drive, we're doing a project in Wildwood, Florida. North of Orlando, you drive from Orlando up to Wildwood. It's like 45 minutes. Everything you're passing is what I would call scalable infrastructure. They could add lanes. They could add interchanges. They've got these modular bridge systems that they're able to build in a day, put Mm -hmm. the bridge in. I don't know what our problem is here, Mm -hmm. whether it's Boston or New York, but you look, drive through our tunnels and our bridges and our infrastructure, and it's atrocious. No wonder there's congestion. Mm -hmm. No wonder people don't like going to the office. Yeah, it's horrible. Well, it's a horrible experience. It's yeah. a horrible lifestyle. I, yeah. I would not live here if I did not have to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you're saying getting off topic, but the the reason I brought up the congestion pricing is it's just one more constraint on people going like, yeah, uh, hey, I'm I'm, I'm on the that. bubble about whether I'm coming back. Okay, yeah, it's going to cost you thirty dollars a day to drive in here now, and you'd be like, no, I'm, I'm out. That that puts me over the edge. Yeah, even right? the parking, like think about think about a thousand dollars a month in parking when you got used to not spending that. Mm-hmm. Like even the, never mind the buyback in time of being in the car or on the train or all that stuff. You got used to spend it, not spending a thousand dollars a month on parking, and you spent it on, I don't know, an extra vacation a year with your kids or you know something that materially made your life better. And now you're going back to be like, yep, sorry, can't do that anymore. I need to spend a thousand dollars to park my car. So you agree with me? No one's going back to the office. I 100 percent disagree with you. I 100 percent disagree with you, but I still like you. And this was a great conversation. Awesome. Good. Done. <laughs>